1: Hi everybody! We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry?
0: I am hanging in there. I've been well, sick. Well, that's
1: good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've been sick. This is day ten, I think. Nine. Oh. Anyway, you were so sick, we had to skip a week of recording. Although the listeners yeah. will
1: never notice because
0: <laughs> they won't miss a beat. We'll
1: episodes. Plug it in. But we're doing two this week <laughs> to make up for it. So
0: yeah, if you hear me coughing, I'm sorry. I told Jen before we started recording, my husband was a longtime smoker. He got sick after me. He's already well. Wow. Well, <laughs> There's me fair. who's never smoked a cigarette, and I sound like a, I've been a lifetime smoker. So
1: well, that hopefully is no next week I'll good. be
0: back to normal.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Did you see what I've been doing the past couple of mornings?
0: I have not. I posted
1: in the community, water aerobics. Did you see my post about no, water aerobics? No, I missed
0: that. Oh. How did oh my I God. miss that? We have
1: water aerobics and I love it. I've now been two days in a row. It is so much fun.
0: Do you know, in my 20s, I went to water aerobics three times a week with my mom. Did you? I loved it. And we went at I like eight o'clock it. at night. Oh. Now I'm like, I'm not leaving my house at eight o'clock at not night. Not at eight o'clock at night. then, no, I loved uh-uh. it.
1: Well, it's 9 a.m. here. So they have it in the indoor pool. And, you know, I've been too busy with the moving and the unpacking and all the stuff I've right. been doing. But now, you know, we've been here for three and a half weeks. I'm done with all that. I'm like, all right, it's time to go. So I went yesterday. The pool is so nice and warm. And it's a really good workout.
0: I'm like, it I'm going to have the most beautiful shoulders. <laughs> do you? Do they have the dumbbells and all of Yes, the, I got the wrong the...
1: ones yesterday that didn't work really well. Yeah. They have some. And I was like, I'll never get those again. But now I've ordered some of my own that are coming from Amazon Instead, Oh, good. the ones I use today. were Don't get ever get them that are like shaped like a triangle. That's still work. <laughs> and the ones I use today were a little bit broken. So they kept sliding around the little pista. But I've ordered my own and they'll be arriving. But I think I might go like five days a week. It, they have it Monday through Friday. And it just feels so good to get up, get in the water. You know how I love the water. Yes. And it made me feel invigorated, and mm-hmm. you know you're jumping around, and I feel like it worked my whole body. Like it's got the resistance for your arms, for right. your
0: legs, and it's working your your lungs. You know you're getting. I some love good it. Yeah, and it's like it's Five minutes
1: to go down there and come back, and it's also where the mail is. Like we have to go somewhere else to get our mail. So I'm uh-huh. like, this is going to be my Monday through Friday routine. Awesome. Head on down there, do the water aerobics. Come on home.
0: Check, yeah. Take a shower. Start my right. day. I can't wait till you get your little golf carts running. I want to see Jen cruising around her neighborhood in her. We'll, we'll cart. see.
1: I don't know. We we investigated them. Apparently, golf carts are like gold right now. There's a shortage. Oh yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Like we were like,
1: what do we do with these golf carts? And someone made us like this lowball offer on them and it sounded fantastic because it was like thousands of dollars. We're like, woo. Then we realized they're really worth like twice that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you just can't get them now. So
0: well, I know you don't think you're a golf cart person, but you just wait. The longer you live there, you're going to be like I think jumping in your golf so I think golf we're going to sell
1: one and keep one.
0: Yeah, yeah. You probably, probably don't need two.
1: I don't think so. We probably don't. But they came with the house, and we were like, "Is this a plus or a minus?"
0: But <laughs> now you know they're valuable, so we didn't know that. Anyway, we'll see. So now it's time for our weekly good news segment. And today we have a big thank you and a life lesson rolled into one from Misha Ames. Misha wrote, I just want to give a shout out to a lady at the beach today. You asked if I wanted to take a picture with my family. You saw me sitting down taking pictures of my husband and kids and you stopped and offered to get us all together. When I looked down and muttered something about the way I look and turned you down, you reminded me that these are my memories too and insisted I get up. Thank you for reminding me that I deserve to be remembered regardless of what I look like. That one day I will look back on these precious memories and I won't care about my sandy hair or the weight I've put on over the last couple of years. That I, in any given physical state, am worth remembering. I know it's a long shot that she's listening, but if you are the blonde woman in a white cover-up that I met at Galveston Beach on June 11th, thank you. I love that so much. That is a great lesson. Yeah. We as women tend to think I don't look good for the camera. I don't. I don't want. Uh, 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 trust me, right. I've done
1: it. You're gonna want those. Don't photos. get me in
0: the shot. But yeah. yeah, and we often end up the person behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I've heard people say before years later they look back at their kids growing up or whatever, and they're hardly in any of the pictures. Right. You know, you're gonna want those memories, and one day down the road, for, your kids are gonna want down those the beach.
1: If I see somebody taking pictures of of their family, no matter who it is, I always offer to take one to get them in the photo, too. Good. And so far, no one's ever turned me down. But if they did, I'm going to remember this story and encourage them gently to get in the photo, too. Yeah. Well, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service give a shout out to a special someone in your life, tell us an amazing story, or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode.
0: Before we get to the life lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. Today, I want to talk about Beauty Counter. If you're looking for non-toxic beauty and skincare that works, Beauty Counter is for you. Want to take the guesswork out of figuring out what products are not only good for your skin, but your hormones and health as well? Make the switch to Beauty Counter. My skin has absolutely changed over the last 18 months since making the switch. My sun damage and brown spots are gone. My skin is clear and it just glows now. I don't have any more rough patches, breakouts, or oily T-zone. And that is with using a night cream and a daily moisturizer, which I would have never used before. On my makeup minimal days, I really love Beauty Counter's concealer. I was blessed with dark under eye circles and bags. Thank you, Grandma. So, concealer (laughs) (laughs) has long been a daily must have for me. And I have tried them all out there, but I truly love Beauty Counter's Skin Twin Creamy Concealer. It doesn't cake, crease, or settle into fine lines. It's hydrating and it can improve your skin over time, helping to give it a firmer, smoother appearance. After four weeks of use, 97% of users said it reduced the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and under eye skin appeared brighter. 91% reported firmer under eye skin. I love that it lasts all day and blends easily. It truly brightens and covers dark under eye circles, dark spots and imperfections and comes in 20 different shades. As with all their products, it's highly concentrated color and coverage. So a little goes a long way. One tube of concealer has lasted me almost an entire year. And that is wow. with everyday use. So here's a concealer pro tip. For concealing dark spot spots and spit skin imperfections, choose a color that matches your skin tone. For your under eye, choose a color that is one to two shades lighter than your natural skin tone. So to learn more, visit lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash counter or beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock.
1: And I just want to add, you know, Beauty Counter is pricier than, you know, if you're used to drugstore brands or whatever, mm-hmm. although it's not pricier than the fancy brands that no, people can it's not buy. Right. It's not pricier than that at all. But it really is a good value because it does last for so long. I was just thinking about what you said and, Foundation that I use, I've never had to buy it again. Like, I'm still on the same, or I mean, I'm sure all I'm gonna have to, but a little bit really does go a long way.
0: Well, I bought the counter line in December of 2020, so like 18 months ago. I still have the Supreme Cream Night Cream jar, same jar, same I'm jar. I'm getting to the bottom of it, but same jar. And so, yeah, I mean, it's pricier than your generic oil of LA, but right. It has I don't have to replace it. And a little bit it really, really does go a has long way. Transform mm-hmm. my skin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's good to know. But I just was I started thinking about it and I'm like, I have never replaced
0: <laughs> the foundation.
1: <laughs> and I use it every day, but you really just need a tiny bit. And it just covers so well.
0: And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week we are going to learn about alopecia and one woman's brave journey navigating life with this disease. Alopecia is an autoimmune disease that affects just over 2% of the population, which is over 147 million people worldwide. It often appears in childhood or teenage years and presents as hair loss on the scalp, face, and other areas of the body. Today, we are joined by Terry Duggan, member and contributor to the Life Lessons community and author of the blog Bald and Beautiful on Blogspot. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for
1: being here. Before we get into your background and your story, what is the lesson you hope to share with our listeners today?
2: I had thought about that so much, actually, when I first started. And actually, the blog is called Bald and Fabulous. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> it was, my bad. It was the first thing I said to myself the day that I shaved my head was, I was still fabulous. And at that time, I actually, when I started my blog and the Facebook page, it was, I wanted to help or prevent or bring other little girls not to have to go through what I went through as a little girl. So not just even little girls, all children, all adults, that what I experienced was feeling utterly alone in the disease. I grew up with it in the 80s. So it was very, very little, you know, I was eight years old when I was first diagnosed. So it was just feeling that you weren't alone, that you weren't in this journey, this roller coaster alone, the roller coaster itself. Everyone takes their own different state ways to go, but you're just, you're not alone. Everyone's going through it. Everyone has their way of dealing with it and we're there for you.
1: That's powerful. And, and you didn't have any way to connect with anybody back in the 80s like we do no. now with groups no. and communities and the internet. So
0: yeah. I was going to ask, I know healthcare has come so far. I mean, I feel like in the 28 years I've been in healthcare, so you're talking the 80s, let's add 10 to 15 more years to that. Did they know it was an autoimmune condition in the 80s? Or was it still like questionable, like they weren't really sure what it was?
2: When I was first taken, I grew up with eczema or eczema at the same time. And when I first started losing hair, mom took me to the dermatologist. I had a dermatologist from childhood. And the only thing I really remember of it, because I was about eight, nine years old when it happened, was that it was due to stress, And I still remember thinking as a child, like, what do I have to be stressed about that is causing hair loss? So that was basically what it was. And at that time, even then, and it's still today's most common treatment is, here's some Rogaine, or here's some injections. And they were quarter steroid injections. The child that I was, no, 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 don't give me the shots. Don't give me the shots. So we ended up doing Rogaine. That was my first treatment for trying to grow my hair. It... Started with just, there's different forms of alopecia. There was the alopecia areata, which is just bald spots. You're able to hide them. And then there's alopecia totalitaris, where you are completely scalp bald. And then what I am now is alopecia universalis, which means I don't grow hair on my body anywhere. And that's including eyelashes, nasal hair, all your protective hairs gone. Wow! Oh my gosh! I never even
1: thought of all the places that we have hair, like our 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 nostrils and eyelashes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, I miss my nasal hair and I miss my eyelashes. (laughs) I can deal with everything else, but yeah, I miss those. Like dust and hay fever. Do you
0: sneeze more?
2: Yes, I would think. Yes, yeah. You have yeah. no filter. No filter. <laughs> and right, I was My hair is there for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was actually, because I'm in the faster too, clean fast, gin's way. Yay. And I was hoping that my hay fever would calm down with the, but uh, no.
1: No, because you've got a different mechanism
0: going on there. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: so, <laughs> well, was- I did read that there
0: are some comorbidities with alopecia that. A lot of people who have alopecia also have hay fever, asthma, allergies, eczema was one of them.
2: Psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. It's linked to a lot of other autoimmune diseases that you can't have. Fortunately, I've only pretty much lost my hair. I don't have um any other autoimmune diseases other than the eczema, which actually intermittent fasting has helped with. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad
0: to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) So I know there can be a genetic, that there is a genetic component to this and, you know, they believe like environmental triggers then activate the disease more or less to kind of summarize how it works. Is anybody in on your family suffer from alopecia?
2: No, no, not just that I, just me. We've all had eczema, my mother's side. So my mom has it. My Oma has it mildly, but there's always been that part of it. My paternal side, I'm not very aware of the medical health of that side of my family. But yeah, no, as far as I know, I'm the only one with alopecia.
0: Okay. Talk about, so how old were you when you were diagnosed? Eight, nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. And and I
1: know that now you've moved to the universalis, did I say that right? (laughs) Yes. Universalis stage. That's not how it was at the beginning though, right? How did it begin to present itself and how did it transition over time?
2: It was actually areata. So I had bald spots. We treated it with the Rogaine. Mom would put it on, you know, wash your hands because you don't want to grow hair on your hands. So we did that and it grew back. And the thing with most of these treatments is that it treats the symptoms. So Mm -hmm. you can suppress the immune system. You can trigger those hair follicles to grow. So long as you do the treatments, things will grow. Once you stop, it all falls back out. I was lucky. It did grow. I, well, lucky being a certain word. I lost all my hair. I went completely bald when I was about nine, 10 years and had to wear a wig. And that was about for about a year, year and a half. And then it started growing back. Now for most of my teen and my 20s, I just battled the odd bald spot. So I was always able to hide it. No one else, like my family members knew, my extended family, aunts, uncles, they, you know, they all knew. No one else did. I didn't talk to it to with friends, not that I had many because I was hiding everything, mm-hmm. but no one else knew. So it was always something that was kept hidden, hidden, hide it, hide it, hide it, hide it. I bet there's a
1: lot of shame, which uh-huh. is unfortunate. I was just say the because same thing. I mean it's it's not something that you can control. It, but you still feel like it's like something you have to you have to hide. You felt like you needed to hide it.
2: Absolutely. There is. And that was the biggest thing with the disease that I found out even after I started, you know, getting on the internet and finding things is that there is so much shame and there is so much hiding. I've met beautiful, beautiful people, men and women that feel the need that they have to still wear a wig. Like they're just so shameful of this uncontrollable hair loss that they'd have to wear a wig. I wore a wig when I was a child. I think a lot of times it was because I was bullied with the wig that I tended not to want to wear a wig later in life and I just got tired of hiding. Mm-hmm. I got to that stage where it was like enough was enough
1: and it probably is very uncomfortable to wear a wig.
2: Yes yeah they're not they're not comfortable. they're not meant for comfort. they you know it's there but uh, yeah the shame of it it does cause depression. I've talked to, I, I've experienced it and I've talked to others that, you know, they experience the same thing that there's that shame, that depression, you got to hide. And it may be an autoimmune disease with a physical part of it, but it's a, a big emotional mental disease as I well. So. I think me as a 48 year old woman, if I
0: woke up tomorrow and I started lasing my hair, that would be devastating for me, but I have better tools to deal with that than a kid has Right. So, I mean, as a child, I mean, this seems to strike in early years. Kids just aren't prepared to deal with this. And going out into the world, me as an adult, I'm going to go out there with other adults who are probably going to ask me, "Are you sick? Do you have cancer? Do you?" You know, I'm sure those are the questions that you come. Probably out. get that all the time. But Absolutely, yep. kids. Everybody, don't have... stop asking people that. <laughs> yeah, people. Kids don't have that. Um, uh, you know that. EQ. They don't know. They're just gonna point fingers out. Yeah, yeah, and say what's wrong with you, and and like Mm. you said, bully and be mean. Yeah, yeah. Did you struggle with depression a lot in your teenage years?
2: Yeah, well, not.
0: I don't know. Did you have any support?
2: I had. My mother was beautiful. Support. My mom was my anchor. Yeah, she was my anchor. Depression. It's hard to say. Like. Is it a clinical depression or is it just feeling depressed and anxiety? Like, I've always had those blue, dark moments growing up with it. So it's hard to say, like, oh, well, should I be put on an antidepressant for it? I never was. I was never treated in that respect. But yeah, definitely a lot of tears, a lot of hiding, a lot of, yeah, just feeling, just feeling lost. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and
0: like, this just isn't fair.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why me? Why me? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. How old were you when you met another person with alopecia
2: <laughs> after I shaved? Okay. After I shaved. I was and, and so
1: you you had not gone completely bald yet when you shaved. How old were you when that happened?
2: For my teens and my 20s I had most of my hair. I remember having long thick hair but the odd bald spot and hide it. It wasn't until I was about 25 that it started getting more aggressive. I went through a big life change at that time. So maybe the added stress of that kind of re-triggered everything where it just got more aggressive. And that's when I started aggressively doing treatments. And it was just chasing one bald spot after another, after another, till the point that it was beyond chasing a bald spot. So that was when I was about 25. I shaved my head that night. And I still remember that night clear as a bell. 35 years old 47 today it wasn't until I was 35 I found some support groups in my city and I went there well I I started with by putting myself out there and I actually created an event in my city called take me out to the bald game and I went to the baseball team and I stood on pitcher's mound and gave a speech about alopecia awareness I was still hiding under a hat, though. Looking back, I wish I had the courage to take that hat off, but I did. Baby didn't. steps. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Baby
2: steps, but that was the first time I actually met face-to-face with a person that had alopecia. In all the years that I went to the doctor's office, I went 10 years to the doctor's office every single week, or every six weeks, getting injections, getting lotions, potions, whatever, put on my head to grow my hair, not once did I recognize another person with alopecia in the office. Not once did I see any literature about alopecia on their walls. So yeah, it wasn't until I finally busted through those borders around me and came out as fabulous and met another person with alopecia.
1: And 2% is little, but
0: that's still a substantial number of people.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: When you shaved your head, you just were like, this is it. I'm done. I'm done fighting it. This is, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to live. And this is me.
2: It, it was a little bit of that. It was that night. Actually, what had happened was the day prior, I had called my mom and I knew I was going bald. And she lives three and a half hours away when I was living in Canada. <laughs> she was living three and a half hours away. And I called her and I said, I don't know if I can live being bald again. I don't know if I can do it. I was that low. I was that low that I, ju- I said to her, I go, I don't know if I can live like this. And she made the three and a half hour trip the next day with my stepdad. And they went out and they bought me a wig. And it was the first wig I had had as an adult. And I wore it all that day and I felt normal. I actually felt like a little bit of me had come back. And it was that night. I lived on a ranch taking care of the horses on the property at night. I had my horse there and I went down to the barn that night to do the night check. And it's still, <laughs> like I said, I can still flash back to that day. Right. I was down in the barn. I fed all the horses. I was the only one down there. I could hear them all munching. I decided that was it. I grabbed two little horse elastics that we do for the banding of the manes. I made tiny little pigtails of what the hair that I had left. I grabbed my horse clippers and I went into the bathroom and I shaved it. Wow. And cleaned it up. I remember looking at the hair in my hand going, this is what I was fighting for. It fit in the palm of my hand. That was all that I had left was just what little tiny little bit of hair. And I was fighting for that for over 10 years, doing these painful, painful injections, painful lotions. And I remember getting into the house and taking a shower and I looked in the mirror and I said, well, I might be bald, but I'm still fabulous. Love it. That was the turning page. That was the turning page.
1: And did you still keep the wig for a while or did you just embrace the...
2: I kept the wig. Absolutely. It was months before I ditched the wig or ditch a scarf or ditch a hat. I would carry it with me. Even when I took a dog for a walk or went down the road, I would carry them with me just in case someone walked by. But it took months and months for me to finally slowly just not have it on. And then it... Then it turned into this thing where it was, I'm not covering up for anyone. I'm not doing it for anyone's, make them feel more comfortable around me. This is who I am. And as of today, I don't give my baldness a second thought.
1: That's fantastic. You've got the power back to yourself and you're like, this is who I am. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not covering it up.
0: Just look at me.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a turning point that night.
0: Yeah. That's huge. I feel like just you describing it, I could feel that kind of like emotional shift in you Yeah, where you're like, this is me. This is who I am. Here I am.
2: Yep. yep. And that's, that's great. I was done hiding. I was done torturing myself. I was done with the hiding. It was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't hold myself into that tiny little box any longer. It was, that was it.
1: So I feel like we need to do a better job with with the children that are coming along now. Do you think that progress is being made in that regard?
2: Oh, absolutely. When I first started joining some support groups online and things like that, it was amazing that the amount of information that's out there and children that were coming into alopecia seem to be a little bit more resilient, especially if they were younger. Mm -hmm. I've listened to stories where they're almost still infants when they're getting their first diagnosis of alopecia. It seems to be a lot harder on ones that develop alopecia later in life or like into adolescence or even like adults, they tend to, it's that sudden change. What do you mean change my, you know, my appearance? You can't, you can't change my appearance without my say-so type of thing that seems to get children seem to be a lot, lot more resilient.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what is normal for you, right? So as you're growing and this is just a normal occurrence for you, that's just, you accept that, right? But like I said, if I woke up tomorrow and started losing my hair, that would be a big change. So now I'm trying to accept this change and not resist it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a whole different scenario than just evolving slowly over time. Yes, absolutely. yeah. So I was really impressed. I did a little digging around on, um, there was an alopecia awareness website. I didn't jot down the name, but they had a whole section on depression and how alopecia affects you know, the mental health of people who suffer. And they had suggestions and symptoms and when to talk to your doctor and links to mental health professionals. And so I was really glad to see that they treating the whole person and not just the disease.
2: Yes. Yeah. And there's more research. Actually, it just was showing up on Facebook the last two days. The FDA finally approved a rheumatoid arthritis medication, a Jax inhibitor autoimmune suppressant medication, which has now been FDA approved for alopecia treatment. So it's great to see that there's still research being done. Mm-hmm autoimmune suppressant drugs. I'm not, I don't want to do that myself personally, but you know what, if it makes a person feel a little bit normal, then go for it. You know, like everybody
0: has to follow their own path. Absolutely.
2: And that's where I always said that, you know, like you're not in this alone. We all have our alopecia journey. You're on that roller coaster. And if you want to cover up with a wig, there's people there to support you for that. If you want to come out bald, there's people to support you for that. If you're wanting to try the medications and do that, there's, there's, there is those people out there to help. That's basically the, that, that message is
1: right. That there's absolutely no wrong wrong wrong. answer or wrong way to do it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking of something a bit ago too, Jen, when you said, when you were talking about kids, And if there's progress being made with kids more so now than when Terry was diagnosed. And the one thing that I really thought of, I think as a society, we are better about allowing people to be individuals Mm -hmm. and not making everybody be cookie cutter little girls with pigtails. And, you know, we are allowing people to have their own freedom and how they look and how they dress and how they wear their hair and whether or not they have blue hair or brown hair. and Yeah, Will has blue hair right now. He showed up with blue hair the other day. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I knew you wouldn't like it. I'm like, well,
1: whatever. Okay, it's you. But you're right. And no one gives him a second look except me. his mama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, in that regard, I feel like maybe, I mean, I don't know. This is just conjecture. Maybe it's a little bit easier for kids today because we just i feel like maybe we accept people's differences a little bit more now than we did maybe 40 years ago right Absolutely.
1: i will say that in the classroom that we spend more time i mean of course i'm retired from teaching but we spent more time focusing on that very thing of we are different and we accept that we're different you know like zero tolerance to kids being mean to each other over things right which is different than it had been, you know, when we were coming up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I can think of, I had a girl that had a physical handicap when I was in grade school and I still don't know what she had, but she used two arm canes to walk. And in her later years, she used a walker. It was never talked about in our classroom, but I hear stories now of kids who have a new kid that come in the classroom that has a physical disability and they actually take the time to talk to the kids about you know, so-and-so's disability and how can you help and what do they need help with? And and they actually get the peers involved in helping them in the classroom and assisting them and that sort of thing, where I think it was almost like taboo to recognize, you know, that Kara walked around with arm canes before if you just lumped her in with everybody else. And so I would hope that if you had a child in your classroom who was suffering from alopecia, that maybe the teachers would do a little bit of understand ed- what it education is. and help, yeah. help the kids understand that, you know, this is an illness and it's nothing that can be con- controlled.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's amazing today. Like I remember kids when I was going through it and how I was treated. And then today kids that see me, they'll look, the, you can see on their face, they're not judging. They're just, you're just another person there to them. And I get the inquisitive question and parents will be like, shh, shh, don't ask them, don't ask them. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. They can ask, you know, it's, that's great that they ask. And, you know, depending on the age of the child, it usually goes for, well, I'm just allergic to my hair. And it's amazing that they just get it.
1: Yeah, get, that's a good way of putting it. I it, never is of it like, that way is a great That's what
2: it, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. My body's allergic to its hair. So, and you know, the age of the child. You know, the younger ones definitely understand that way. The older ones, you can explain it a little bit more. But you can just see that they they get it as soon as you say that to them. They're just they are understanding. They're not judging, and mm-hmm. it's just who you are. Like my yeah. nieces and nephews don't even get it a second thought. That's just who you are. Right. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: I mean, I really think that we get used to seeing what we see, right? So, yeah, the first time a person might meet you, they'd be like, oh, Terry's bald. But the second time they see you, they're not going to go through that, oh, Terry's bald. Every time, like, yeah, time they like, see it's, you, hi, Terry. they're okay, just going to be like, <laughs> oh, it's
2: Terry, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yep. The only time I get weird looks now is if I decide to wear a wig, and then it's like, "What did you do?" <laughs> like, I do it for the shock value, now.
0: <laughs> you know what? I have to tell you this funny. My husband, my husband, bless his heart. I was telling him that you were coming on, and we were going to interview you, and I told him that you were in the community, and he's like, "I don't know if I've ever seen her." And I pulled up your Facebook page and showed him a picture. Well, then he starts scrolling through your pictures, and he's like. How can she be bald and fabulous? And she's got a wig on in this picture. That sounds like Eric. He's, He's very concrete. He is. Black and white. Yep. I'm like, you know, maybe she was feeling creative that day. And that's exactly know. what
2: it was. <laughs> Funny enough, I will wear a scarf and hat or a wig sometimes. And it's just because I'm cold. Well, hey, I get it. I get it. We lose our body heat through our heads, so you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of times I'll put something on just because I'm cold.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Do you still have a lot of wigs? Do you like to play with? Wigs? I, I do. mean, do you like to play with wigs now? <laughs> I now do. Now that it's not like something you're
2: hiding. Exactly. Yeah, I do. I have a couple of them. I have a short little bob colored one. I have a longer curly one. And I still actually have the natural hair one that my mom had bought me those years back. So that one needs a little bit of a treatment. But the other ones, yeah, I still have those ones kicking around.
1: Do you prepare your your husband? If you want to have different
2: hair, you just have it. Exactly. I go into work and people are like, oh, I didn't know that was you. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Recently, I was at a family wedding and I decided to wear one. And it was only because it was going to be a hot, sunny day. So it was an option to either wear a hat and sweat under the hat or sweat under a wig. And I thought it'd be fun and glamorous to wear a wig. No one recognized me. They walked by me and I'd be like, hey. Over here. And they're like, I, I, don't, I don't know
0: her.
2: Yeah, that, was, that was exactly what it was. They walk straight past. They'll go say hi to my husband, shake his hand type of thing. And I'll be like, right here. Oh, gosh.
0: They're really over by the snack table. They're like, Terry's husband's here with another woman.
2: That was it. <laughs>
0: yep. So when you you speaking of your husband, when you met him,
1: how long have y'all been together? How old were you? I just wondered where in the... In the the alopecia journey, he plugged himself into your life.
2: Well, he plugged himself in. We met online. So we met in just before I shaved. So when I was still Mm -hmm. going through treatments and I would talk to him about going for these injections. And I still remember like, we weren't even in a romantic type of situation. We were just friends (laughs) talking online. We met playing poker one night and we started chatting and we were just friends And I still remember when I told him I had alopecia and I literally, I typed it into messenger. I have alopecia. Then I got up from my laptop, went down to the barn. I did not want to see what he had to say. And I came back and I read what he said and he says, oh yeah, my grandma has that. And a model, a model from the UK has it. Now I blank. Oh, Gail Porter. Gail Porter has alopecia. And I was like, oh my God, he's still talking to me is what I thought. (laughs) But he was there right through it all. Like I said, even before we became a romantic couple. And he actually when I started my Facebook page, Bald and Fabulous, and I started writing the blog, he he called me a beacon of fabulosity.
1: Oh, right? I love that. Even, wow.
2: even before. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's been a huge, huge support. Yeah. <laughs> so he's always known me with alopecia and consequently mostly bald. <laughs> right. Well that that's right. great. I just I
1: wondered where he where he came along in the process and if if you deciding to shave your head had anything to do with the relationship with him.
2: No, no, he was he like I said, he was there before I shaved my head. He was there mm-hmm. while I was doing the treatments. So yeah, when I shaved, he was there supporting. He was always there chatting with me. You know, everything's good, you know, you're still beautiful, you're doing this type of thing. And as we progress in our friendship and furthermore into a romantic relationship and then meeting across the big pond. <laughs> we, uh, I was a bald bride. And how long ago did you get married? Six years ago. Six oh. years ago. Yeah, we've been and married for been six years. In,
0: you've been in Australia. Oh, so you met him like 20 years ago, though? Yeah. Well, wow. not quite,
2: no, not quite 20. I met him when I was 34. Okay. And I'm 47 now. So yeah, I uh, just, oh, yeah. 10 years, 12 years, something like that now. Okay. Yeah, so we started talking. We talked for years before anything romantic happened. We made the decision to meet in person. I flew over to Australia and we had a couple of weeks together and things progressed. And then he came over to Canada and met my family and we made the next stage to change my Location, residence. <laughs> I got tired of the cold of Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was from... Yeah, well, that's um, a,
1: a wonderful love story
2: in and yeah, of itself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six years, We. I moved out here for Christmas, got here just in time for Christmas, and then we were married the following April. That is awesome.
0: Well, if you could tell somebody who is maybe really struggling with this, if you could tell them something, what would you tell them?
2: What would I tell them? What would I tell that little girl? Yeah. You're not alone. It's okay. What you are feeling is perfectly normal for you. You have every right to feel what you're feeling, whether it's anger, whether it's depression, whether it's sadness, you're allowed to feel that. You're allowed to fight for your hair. You're allowed to not fight for it. You're allowed to cover up. You're allowed to not cover up. You can do whatever you want to do. And there's always going to be, there's someone out there that's going through exactly what you're going through.
0: Yeah, that was my question. How important do you think connecting with others in the alopecia community is to like accepting and kind of normalizing this in your head. Like it's not just me not feeling alone. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's really important and powerful?
2: Huge. It's huge. It made a huge transition for me to just to know that finally there was others out there to finally see a website. And that too, and I have to say that too, that was a big learning experience for me because when I found those communities, I jumped in with both feet into the deep end. The one thing I would love to warn people about because I found I fell into this trap. You find so many different types of communities. You find the helpful, supportive, loving communities that are wanting just to walk with you along this journey and support you, whatever decision you make. Then you find the ones that are, there was one, I don't know if it's still around, but there was one that said that you are diseased and you need to be cured. And that was all that they thought about. And then I didn't even think this would even cross the path of anything with support. You have the ones that prey on you. There's the ones that are fetishers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked when that kind of happened to me. Like I said, I jumped- That is shocking.
1: I never would have even thought of that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's that was a big warning for me. So and Yeah, you get like skeezy people that kinda infiltrate the communities. Yes. And they just hit on the ones that you know, the women that are oh, so you shave your head. What type of razor do you use? That like creepy things. Like freaks. Oh my goodness. Yes. Freaky- <laughs> <membia. There laughs> yeah. Freaky Yeah. There are some weird out there. out there. Yeah. The internet and the support groups are a beautiful, beautiful, helpful thing. But yeah, there it, it, you need it, to
1: have yes. some good, strong admins in those groups. who Absolutely, will block <laughs> those groups. and also Absolutely. tell everyone else in the other groups too. Absolutely,
2: yeah. <laughs> like you just need, like be... a
1: master group of here's the people you do not and let in your group.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I was I was really really shocked. I it just blew my mind that there was those type of people out there. I was just like, what do you mean? You know, it's. Yeah, so yeah, that would be a big warning for especially those that are entering those journeys and they're scared and they're nervous and they're just looking for help. It's just there's all those sorts of groups out there that can definitely help you, but just be careful. Yeah, Yeah, that's really good advice. And I happen
0: to know somebody who could maybe help you with that. (laughs) You should write a children's book.
2: I have a book in my head. I just haven't figured out how to put it onto paper yet. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I've been playing with this idea. Like I've been doing my blog and I know that there's a book inside my head. I just haven't figured out how to put it down yet.
1: Write it. Yeah. Just write yeah. it. Let it yeah. out. Write it. Do that. Just get it out there.
2: Yeah. I was, the actually gonna ask, the process. yeah I was actually going to ask Jen your opinion or your tips on how to put that into writing. <laughs> well, first just <laughs> yeah.
1: write it. Like that's what I did with Delayed on Deny. I mean, it's a whole different genre, of course, yeah. but I just wrote it. I wrote the whole thing and then I had a friend and I was like, Would you read something that I wrote? <laughs> and she was like prepared to tell me it was crap. <laughs> it wasn't crap. She's like, I thought I would hate it and it'd just be like, Oh, cute book. Right. No. Just write it. I bet you I bet you're gonna just surprise yourself and then share it with a friend.
2: Yes, yeah. Nope. Well, uh, like I said, I've been playing with the blog and writing yes. my posts on the blog, so I know I can write. I know I can do that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting that book out. <laughs> but you yeah, just, it, well, yeah. it would be great. valuable. I mean, are oh, there yeah. books
1: for children out there already? There
2: is. Absolutely, okay. there is. I've actually read a couple because it was just like, oh my God, an alopecia book. So it, yeah. even though they were children's books, and yeah, they're beautifully written. And yeah, I have, there is a few of them out there. I don't think enough but right. Is there enough of anything for anything? Right. I mean, you, and you yeah. just see right.
1: what's out. That's other good advice for anyone who wants to write anything about anything. This will also apply to Terry. But you do want to see what's out there, and you want yours to be different in, right. and fill a need. Like your book needs to fill a need that isn't there. Like say, what what do we have, and what do we still need? And that that's where I would start.
2: Yeah. Brilliant. Love it. it. Love it. Yeah. Well, Love it.
0: You're just beautiful. You just glow. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. So fun to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I hope that we've not only raised awareness, but maybe given somebody out there who's listening a little hope or inspiration to um, to overcome, you know, whatever they're struggling with right now. And tell people how to find your blog.
2: It's called Bald and Fabulous. It's on Blogspot, but if you Google Bald and Fabulous, you'll get the blog spot, or you'll get my Facebook page. It's okay. Yeah, it's there. And I post my blogs on there too. Like I said, wonderful. getting the creative juices flowing again to be able to do a lot more. Good. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful talking with you ladies.
1: Before we get to the listener led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the life lessons VIP community on circle. Not only can you interact with Sherry and me in a private online community, You can connect with other listeners and community members. Sherry is hosting monthly Zoom hangouts, and we're actually having it in, what day is it? It's Wednesday. We're having it on Friday this week, and I'm so excited. Join us in this new VIP community by going to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. You can choose your monthly membership contribution of $4.99 or $9.99, and you can change to a different tier at the end of any month simply by managing your subscription within the platform. Choose the option that feels like the right value to you. If you get a lot of value from the podcast each week, we would love for you to choose the higher tier. It helps support the work we do on the podcast and the costs associated with it. You know, a lot of podcasts use Patreon in order to support their podcast because podcasting, believe it or not, does have a lot of associated costs and we love doing the podcast. So we thought this would be a better way to have a place where we could actually connect versus just, you know, your donation going somewhere. So thank you to everyone who's already supported us and for those of you who are going to join us in the future. So now it's time for our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from who? Who does it come from? Tiffany. Tiffany, Sherry, didn't put it in the... the, um, (laughs) No so it comes from Tiffany. Thank you, Sherry, for pulling that out of your brain. Is that where it came from? Your brain? Did it you did. remember it? It did. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I was like, it comes from nobody, but it's Tiffany. Thank you.
0: Well, do you know what's funny is she only gave her first name, but then as Jen explains here, she'll say that she doesn't care if people reach out to her. So then I had to stop and do some research to figure out who she was. Oh. And, oh, and I never went remember. Back in, yes, I never went back in and added her full name. It is Tiffany Keckler, K-E-C-K-L-E-R. Awesome. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Tiffany says, I did the most amazing thing for my birthday last March, and I'm sharing it with anyone who will listen. When I turned 30 almost 20 years ago, I decided I was going to do something for myself for my birthday each year. I'm just going to stop and say, that's a great idea. Because as we get older, like people are not going crazy to celebrate your birthday anymore (laughs) as you're an adult. So you might as well do something for yourself. Love that. She said, I've done everything from a tattoo to a 40th birthday bash with a band where I sang with them to a quiet day alone. This year, I bought myself a session with a house of color consultant and had my color analysis done. Hands down, the best birthday gift I've given myself thus far. I found out I'm a warm spring, which was initially a bit of a disappointment because about 85% of my wardrobe was some shade of black or gray. And as you can imagine, a warm spring color palette doesn't include black. Thanks to my friend, Jenny Herkenbach. Did I say that right? I always have trouble with her name.
0: I think that's Herkenbach. it. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. She taught me how to say it before, but I can't remember. <laughs> I hope that was right, Jenny. Paired with Jen's profound IF knowledge and guidance, I've lost 30 pounds with IF since August of 2020, and my wardrobe needed a major overhaul. So the timing was perfect. I've transitioned my wardrobe to the spring colors in my color wallet. And I receive so many compliments on how nice, summery, bright, and cheery I look. I've fully embraced my new colors. I'm wearing colors I never would have considered previously, and it really puts a pep in my step each day. The science is real. I'm going to gift this to my two nieces when they graduate high school. I'm gifting this to my son's girlfriend when she graduates at the end of June, when she graduates from cosmetology school, so she'll know what color wedding dress will look best on her after his surprise proposal planned for July 5th. Yippee! I recommend everyone do this. It's life-changing. Listeners are welcome to ask me any questions. They can find me in the private DDD community and the Life Lessons community. Jen and Sherry, you're welcome to put my first and last name in the show notes if you want so people can find me in the communities. That's so fun. I wonder how you gift it to somebody because I have got something coming up my um, daughter-in-law's birthday and I was just uh, thinking, what oh. am I going
0: to get her? That would be fun. I that imagine fun. maybe you can buy gift cards. Just look it I don't up. Know. And see. I, I don't think, know. think they have a website. I think I've looked at it before.
1: House of Color. All right. That sounds fun.
0: At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Jackie. People are like stained glass windows. They sparkle and shine when the sun is out. But when the darkness sets in, their true beauty is revealed only if there is a light from within. And that is from Elizabeth kubler ross Jackie wrote, my beautiful luminous friend who was as bright as the sun suffered a traumatic event and was suddenly hit with depression. I could physically see the light go out in her. Her smile and laughter no longer lit up a room. People didn't notice her when she walked by anymore. She was processing this event, but then she was also feeling alone, and she said that people no longer saw her. They didn't talk to her or approach her anymore, and that was making her feel even more broken. My beautiful, vivacious friend no longer sparkled, and it hurt to watch her suffer, when taking a class at my local community college, I read this quote, and I thought of my dear friend. And I realized then that I needed to help her find her light. She has always loved animals, but couldn't have one where she lived. So I contacted a local shelter and asked how my friend and I could volunteer. I got a up, and one Saturday, I took her there as a surprise. For the next year, she started going to the shelter, first on Saturdays with me, but then she started going one evening a week and then a second. After a few months, she was volunteering for three shifts a week at the shelter. Then some college friends had a reunion and we all met up. And after the evening, one of our friends pulled me aside and said that she was glad that our friend was doing so much better, that she seems like her bright, beautiful self again. And I realized that it happened so slowly that I hadn't really noticed it, but my plan had worked. She simply needed help sparking her light again. And once again, she lights up a room. That's a great story. I love that the quote yeah. and the story. That's powerful. I've never you seen think. that quote before.
1: Yeah, I love that. And what a great way to get your friend involved in something. Because who's going to say no to going to volunteer one time, right? Nobody. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. And but then she loved it, and she knew she wanted to keep going with it.
0: Yeah, but really it helping
1: her, others. Her joy. Nothing gives you more joy than helping. Helping, just helping. Mm-hmm. She's
0: helping animals, Mm -hmm. but
1: then you're also helping the people who are helping the animals. So,
0: well, I think it takes the focus off of whatever you're struggling with and it allows you to focus on something else. Yeah. Which just kind of helps, I think, lift that cloud sometimes. Plugging into
1: a community, whether it's the community of volunteers or whatever it might be, so helpful. I love that. Well listeners, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to join us in the Life Lessons VIP community. Go to com slash vip to become a VIP podcast supporter for either 4.99 or 9.99 per month. Your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week, and it really helps so much more than you know. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and we would love for you to leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. It helps us reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com, and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening.
0: Bye. Bye.